What's going on, everybody? This is Chris with the Wildlife Command Center podcast. Thank you for jumping on, pressing play on this bad boy. On this week's uh, Wacky Bros. Uh, no, I, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I still haven't really thought of a specific name for like Chance and I's segment. Wacky Boys Wednesday, Wild Bros Wednesday. Don't know. It's not even going up on a Wednesday, or, or maybe it will. Who knows? Either way, thank you for listening. On this one, we talk about the absolutely crazy frigid weather that the Midwest has been having. The crypto crash. You guys invested in crypto? Did you see that it crashed like 10% and 20% for some altcoins last Friday? Bonkers. Anyway, talk about a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of the airplane situation, and a few other topics. If you guys are listening on Spotify, please give us five stars. That would be awesome. Same with Apple, as well as a cool little one or two sentence review. I would really appreciate that. Thanks again, guys. This is me and Chance Airhands Baran on the Wildlife Command Center podcast. What is up, my main man, Chance Airhands Baran? How much? How uh, good is that? Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I, I think it's getting smoother each week. So, how's it been going, brother? Heck yeah, pretty good. I am over here chilling. Not literally, because it was 66 degrees today. <laughs> I, was, I was in a t-shirt oh, yeah. and shorts, You're on vacation. as usual. Basically, yeah, every day in the winter out here is kind of a vacay, you know? I pay for it in the summer when it's 105 and 110 some days, but now I'm just booling yep. with a capital red B. See, that sounds familiar. Whenever I spent some time in Florida, it was you pay for it in the summer, but you only start your mornings with a jacket in the winter. And that's it. And then from there, mm. it is just chilling, you know? So, hey, I get it. And you've got mountains and ski resorts. <laughs> I do. You know, it was nice. It was extremely windy today. And so the smog of the city wasn't covering up the mountains. I'm about mm. an hour and some change from them, like to the foothills. Yeah. And so I could see all the beautiful white-capped peaks today. It was awesome. That is pretty you snap a photo? No, it's it's not great for photo, but I got some footage of my Merlin flying in that wind. Hot oh, dog. Oh, I saw that on, what was your, what's your username? The platform that you posted that was on? <laughs> at Lone Star Trapper with two R's there on Instagram. Go. But I sent it to you personally. Ah, that's how. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate uh, the plug. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just like, I saw it in two places. That's probably why I was like, Hey, something was solidified. So, hey, you know, that's what you, you got to do. You know, put it out in multiple places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that was a cool clip. I was like, well, I just got back and uh, saw you were flying. So it's always good to see. Well, how long did it take you to thaw out today, bud? I still feel weird in my bones, I say. It's like everything's like <laughs> a weird bones. sore. You know, like when you come in from the real cold and you warm up yeah. and everything's just kind of tingling. Yeah, that kind of just didn't really stop. So... But it's, oh it's my still goodness. good. It's a cozy. Now I go back out in the cold, though, and I've acclimated. And so it's still cold. But like in the mornings, we're starting to get up to operating temperature a little bit quicker. Oh, you really? know, which is nice because we're still starting early. But it doesn't matter if you schedule it for 5 a.m. If the temperature is the way it is, <laughs> you know, solar seal is not coming out of a tube. No, unless it's warm. So you know, there's only so many things you can do, but 
you know, taking things slow and steady in that kind of temperature. Oh, by the way, it's been like highs of like 11 or 12 yesterday. Oh. I, believe. I may be wrong, but I just know that every time I was looking at the temperature, it was, it was something like that. The wind chill is negative eight, eight degrees. So, Oh my gosh. Hey, drill still work. Yeah. Installing <laughs> Ridge Guard on, on the oh, roof. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, oh. it's weird. While doing the work, anything on the house is great because homes actually radiate tons of heat especially if the insulation has been damaged or touched by anything, no mm. uh, humans going through an attic. So something like a raccoon or a squirrel problem trashing the insulation, man, it's not so bad sitting on top of a ridge vent sometimes. Because <laughs> the, the house heats up a lot quicker and then that heat makes your bum nice and warm, huh? Yeah, well that and also the things that are bad in the summer, like sitting right up next to a home with the sun bouncing off of very bright siding, hitting you in the mm. face. In the winter, ah, you feel like a, a lizard a on a log. Respite. <laughs> a frozen <laughs> lizard on a log. Yeah, because the ladder's bad, everything else good. Anything metal, oh, dude, yeah. not fun. No, no. But hey, this is the time when things start to break into people's homes. People are you know, inside trying to stay warm and they hear other things inside trying to stay warm. So, mm-hmm. hey, you know, we got to be out there. I'm doing a ton of squirrels right now. I bet. Don't they cause like such a high amount of dollar damage every year? Like comparative to like deer with the damage they do to cars? Because squirrels, you know, I don't chew know. wiring, they chew structural things. Um, I, can't, I haven't looked at the, the numbers on it in a while. You know, maybe something we could look into. But there is definitely I a reason. deer do more. Deer definitely are a problem, but like you hear horror stories of squirrels chewing a wire that causes some kind of outage. And think about this. I have known many people in my life that get paid to know how to fix something if it were to come up, mostly for technology. And so like a server or something that it being down costs many, many, many dollars every minute that it's down. Now, imagine a squirrel making its way into any of these kinds of facilities across the country. Wildlife is present. Wildlife issues are present every place that we have an office and more. So I think that's probably where the numbers get bumped up. But then again, cars are getting more expensive. So it's a race. So, you know, the deer, deer definitely do a number on, on fender vendors and bent bodies on cars. So Speaking of cars getting expensive, do you guys still work for that car dealership up in like St. Peter's or something? With the raccoons? Yeah, getting into the engine bays and eating up the soy engine covers. You remember that? Well, Chris, it's interesting that you brought that up because I don't think it was too long ago (laughs) that that actually was rearing its ugly head again. Because, you know, Mm. a lot of people talk about things being delayed or issues with supply chains. That really has put an effect on where vehicles are sitting for extended periods of time and the things in them that actually are attracting the raccoons to them, just being there for any amount of time is, is a problem there. So it kind of mm-hmm. like flares up here and there. We address it, do population control, you know, until they build a giant cage over any parking lot, you know. No, uh, which won't happen. Right. So there's only so many things you can do in an area that, has an overpopulation of raccoons, you know, and that's why we come into situations where 
an area that can only usually support so many, and of course you know this, gets to an unnatural amount just because there's no, nothing to, that's preying upon them. They have unlimited food, resources, and shelter. And then, you know, just like anything else, it just likes to tear things up whenever it, it can. And these raccoons get in there and they're just damaging stuff even on the way to, what is it, the engine block or just gaskets? Do you remember? It was the, the top of the engine, like the engine covers. Oh, yeah. But yeah, something with like they use soy based seals on it. They did in their covers to make it. Mm. I don't know. All I know is that it made the raccoons get in there and like tear it up because they thought they could eat it because it smelled like soybeans, basically. Right. Maybe they got a couple calories out of it. Most likely just tearing it up because they're like, okay, where's the food? It smells like food. Where's the food? And they just would shred engine cover after engine cover and it would cost like upwards of $1,000 each and they would do like five or six a night. Wow. That, yeah, that really, crazy. that really puts it into perspective. And I mean, hopefully this has made its way up the chain and companies will adjust as necessary. Cause surely, surely this is in the bigger scheme of things. If you are putting all those numbers together, that is a huge dollar amount. I would say raccoons mm-hmm. are in the running right up there with squirrels. I'm mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. They're going after cars too. They're stealing Lambos, <laughs> making rap music. I, I, I firmly believe that when we bomb ourselves into extinction, if we do that, that raccoons will become the dominant species on the planet and then domesticate the cockroaches. I love raccoons. I mean, we deal with so many really? that. Ooh. I mean, yeah, it's hard to say when we deal with the nasty, mean, pain in your butt raccoons, but. You got to have some respect there to do it on a daily basis. So I do still like raccoons, maybe not the ones that we have to deal with, you know, but like if you were out in the woods for some reason, not hunting and you saw one, you'd be like, ah, cool raccoon and didn't have goat. Okay. Maybe you wouldn't really be. Uh, I was about to say, where's, (laughs) where's this going? Because in all scenarios, you know, I have him with me and I am doing my best to, remove that raccoon from this plane of existence. Oh, yeah. They're pretty nasty. (laughs) I mean, just like Michael said in our TV show, I mean, Hmm. it opens up with, he does not like raccoons. I mean, I'm still (laughs) on the stage where maybe I haven't just got lit up enough by a raccoon, you know? I don't think so, no, because Michael always takes the brunt of it. Right? Oh, that's true. Or dub. I'll get it. (laughs) Or dub. Yeah, exactly. Or dub or Goten. Dude, you remember that raccoon... At Longhorn, I mean, I'm definitely not going into details Mm-mm. on this podcast because this is going to the world, but I just wanted to tickle your fancy with that memory, basically. Holy shamoli! If I saw that raccoon again today, I'd invite <laughs> him into my home. I would. <laughs> I, bet, I bet that he's bred and spread his genes and his grandchildren are out hunting us. Yeah, that, that, I would train that raccoon to be a hunting raccoon. Like... No dog could compare. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. For everybody at home, this was a, just a crazy tough raccoon that we had to deal with. It was absurd. We had come across it, and the dogs, of course, are very set in their ways when they've made up their mind. It's an mm. amazing thing how obedient hunting dogs are until prey is involved. Then, yeah. well, we're just all having a grand time, aren't we? <laughs> You know, yeah, for real, and right? So, with that raccoon that we had stumbled across, and we had what was it, Dub and Goten? 
Young Goten. Young Goten. And this raccoon... He was yet to attain his throne. Yeah, this raccoon was... They did not make quick work of this one. He said, no. absolutely not. You've never met one like me. That was... He was a legend. <laughs> Good for him. He was a legend. He'll live on in our memories and infamy. Forever, forever. I, like I said, yep, I hope he spread it far and wide. Louisiana, by the way. That was, that was Louisiana. a Louisiana raccoon. How, how are the ones over there? Better? How are the ones over here? Um, my opinion, just as evil. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like them. If I never trapped another raccoon in my life, I would be so happy. Really? So speaking of which, oh yeah, if I could just do like, if I could just do bats, squirrels and pigeons. How about that? You know, just to make Michael happy because if I could just do those three, totally fine. You know what I mean? Mm. And which is crazy to think that because when I was back in Missouri, I used to hate squirrels because there was like, I mean, you're dealing with this now. There were so many places that they could get in over there. Over here, dude. Not really. There's like three. And right. number one is the roof to Safa Junction. That's probably 90% of the time they're getting in there here. It's crazy. I love it. I'm just like, uh, you know, I pull up to a house. Yep. They have squirrels. Mm, sure, it's getting in right there. Go up to it. Yep, it's getting in right there. Easy breezy. Easy breezy. Some of the markets we've been in definitely have their, oh, this is going to just be how it always is. Like Kansas City you know, doesn't have the problems that St. Louis has with brick to mm-hmm. wood fascia. Oh, that's right. There's so much of that there. Is that why everything is so much more complicated? There's so many brick houses. I would say so. St. Louis. Now that you're there. It's Kansas City has a lot of newer subdivisions that have problems because mm-hmm. they're built very poorly. Cookie cutter, four different homes. There's 80 of them in a block. Those places are just riddled with gaps where boards meet roofs and stuff of that nature. Yeah. So everything in Kansas City, like for certain things, is mostly roof line and above. St. Louis, you don't know what you're going to get. It could be a bunch of stuff on the roof, a bunch of stuff where the chimney connects, things below, things pertaining to the soffit, and then where fascia boards hit brick and all of your vents. And so St. Louis, if a home is a little bit behind on its maintenance wildlife can just really do a number very quickly. They have so many options to choose from. And so proper inspections here, like full inspections, we have technicians that go top to bottom, inside and out. And that's really what you need for here because otherwise you just don't have the full picture. Some places, like I said, these other markets, Kansas City has some pretty easy style homes. You know, you show up to them and you're like, I know exactly what this is about. St. Louis has been impressing me with their very unique decisions in building. <laughs> mm. Well, they, they were made back when polio was still a thing. So oh we had bigger goodness. fish to fry. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's true. Get a roof up. I don't care. Get a roof up. Winter's coming. Yeah, basically. Every decision was made with the dictate of winter's coming. Right. You're in it right now, man. Negative eight. Sheesh. Well, you know, my father said winter's coming many months ago. So yeah, there's no excuse if... Uh, there's anything not prepped by now, but yeah, if, uh, everything around here we've we've battened down the hatches, so it's it's cold, but we're toasty in here. Lakin's back in town. Are Taffy and Sybil happy about that? They are. They are actually right in the living room, enjoying a brand new electric blanket from Christmas <laughs> gifts, and the pets Aww. 
they think this is the most revolutionary item they've ever witnessed. And both of them mm. have taken quite the liking to it. If something can get the cat and the dog to cuddle with each other. Whoa. You know, really? it should be around. Yeah. Yeah. A horrible. little bat out of hell hunting line dachshund and the oldest great great grandma of a tabby cat yeah and one who don't do no dogs or other cats no kittens cats hurried doesn't matter no other animals like unless maybe small rodent then maybe fun but you know did she like those gerbils whenever you guys had them not really as much as you would expect I remember right when you gave us Taffy, she actually was a lot more playful. Well, she was a lot more younger. Right. She was on her toes as well. She was coming from a place where there was you know, danger around the corner. And then for a while, she settled <laughs> into complete and utter comfort. <laughs> danger around the corner, like two demonic little terriers always <laughs> terrorizing her, basically. Exactly. She lived atop boxes. And, but she was oh my still... Gosh. She deserves it, I gotta say. I love Taffy, yeah. but she's like the younger little feline sister of ours that does gross things, and we love her, but... Mm, oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, we won't get into those gross things. No, Taffy's old. She's an old cat. She, we definitely have to take care of her, but she's cool, and now she's just settled into... Uh, Sybil's not messing with her as much. You know, she's not as puppy-puppy, mm-hmm. and, you know, she gets out, so... She's not completely wound up with her one and only friend, you know. Hey, so I have a, I have a question. Made any progress on the pilot route? Hmm? Um, no, not really, to be honest. Um, in our you know regular phone calls and mission briefings, I've explained some of the priorities on our plate. Probably after the expo, things will start to go in the next direction. That'll probably be the phase where if it's going to come soon, I'll start looking into that. He's, you know, yeah, very interested in that. I mean, it's definitely one of those things that I remember when I was little. I don't know if he had already had plans for it mm-hmm. or if it was just because I mentioned it. But I remember we were once passing cold peppers. Do you remember it? Wow, the cold peppers. Yeah. Yes, I used to trap moles for them. Dante Culpepper. My listeners should know who he is. That's excellent. Yeah, so we used to stop at that store like daily, you know, on the way to church. One time someone had put a boat out in the lot for sale. And I guess for some reason, it, I don't think it looks similar at all, but it reminded me that my papa used to have a boat and I wanted mm-hmm. that boat and I thought we should buy that boat. Oh my gosh. And so anything you set your mind to, Michael's mm-hmm. like, I will do this. Right. So I don't know if it was something he had already thought about pursuing. He probably used it more than, than I did, but Really, it was, yeah, it was awesome that that happened. And so it doesn't matter what the scale of something Mm -hmm. is, he's about it. And so that's also very encouraging when trying to pursue something like, do I really want to get into this? Do I want to, you know, it's not something that's out of the question anymore. Like when I was in Scouts and there was actually a year that the Boy Scouts of America brought four merit badges back from being archived in retirement for a limited time. That's a thing. Yes. Limited time only. Oh my God. It was to celebrate because like, it was like scouting's uh, 150th year anniversary. I believe maybe wrong. I'm an Eagle Scout. I should probably know this, but 
Hey, okay. man. I mean, you were an Eagle Scout how long? 10 years ago, literally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, is it like <laughs> 175 year anniversary? No, anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so um, one of them was aviation. And so they Whoa, held that. Really? Yes. At a classroom. Like I said, it, it took about a week of classroom time, if I remember correctly. Might have been less. Boy, I tell you, it felt probably about a week. Um, <laughs> but what it actually included was us going up in the air in a little prop plane. It was real nice. It had a parachute that could deploy from the top if it ever failed, and you would just float down to the ground. This what thing the was heck? nice. The back was like a, you know, those corner couches that are made of leather. That was that kind of back seat. And what the controls were actually over on the side. They weren't right here in front of you. They were over on the side, kind of like you were just chilling out, flying an airplane, you know. And so it was huh. kind of a weird adjustment if you've ever played any flight simulator or anything, yeah. got a flight stick in your hand. It's an odd position to be in, but it starts to kind of feel better. I was in the co-pilot seat. We got to go up, went over the CenturyLink Center. Wow, that's right. Downtown. Century Tell Center at the time, probably. And he actually got us up to a, an altitude where he let me take control of it, do basic maneuvers. And that got me pretty hooked for a bit. You know, I wanted to like buy my own plane and stuff. But as a kid thinking the only way to get things is you save up your allowance, you save up your money that you earn and you save You're up for $5 the amount. a week. Right. And I'm like, all right. So I could probably drop a Corvette engine in it. It's uh, $230,000. I can only fly it for oh so long gosh. before I have to replace it wait, what? You know, I'm like, oh boy, this is just going to like burn money. It's going to like convert money to thin air. Yes, that's exactly what they do. <laughs> Planes are professional money burners. Oh, uh, that, well, they do an uh, excellent, efficient job of it, I'm sure. <laughs> but it's like anything else. It's like oh, all the time man. you put into a Falcon for those few moments of... Of awesomeness, mm. you know, it's just kind of, it's the same thing. Falconry, it's just a... To have a cool experience, basically. Blowing time to live life. Basically, yeah. You know, I could I could be spending that time doing other th- I, I can't I can't even think no. of something else that I would want to spend my time doing. Like I went Amen, and flew brother. today in the crazy, crazy wind, which we talked about, and it was awesome. Right? Just being out there doing like what you do. Because falconry is not a hobby, a sport. You know, it's really a lifestyle. Like if you're doing it at the level that you should be doing it, it's, yeah. it's a lifestyle. And so, yeah, it's something you got to do. And so for sure, I'm glad that you couldn't think of anything because uh, that just shows you're right where you need to be, man. Yes, sort of. You know, I think I've talked about it. I might have talked about it on this pod. I've definitely talked about it with you that it used to be my everything. Like oh. My entire life revolved around it all of my waking hours you know and i put all of my stock into that into having the best falconry having catching the most game if you weren't as hardcore as me you weren't nothing um, and it was yeah it was an extremist i was an extremist it was unhealthy man it was really unhealthy yeah and i still know people like that and i know who are a lot older than me and i'm not totally stoked on like where their lives go. You know what I mean? And so I've really reined it in. Of course, what, what Michael tells us. Yeah. He tells us exactly what we need to know, but do we listen? No, we got to go out and make the stupid mistakes ourselves. And so it's like falconry. It is 
a hobby. Like I straight up did not believe him. No, nope, nope. It is my everything. It's my life, my life's blood, my life's dream. Nah, man. I mean, it can be, but dude, everything else in your life will suffer. Yeah, that's a good observation. I mean, that's a healthy uh, realization to come to. Like you said, yeah. where that leads. And so maybe saying the word lifestyle is is a bit of an extreme word for it. Yeah. Everything is, it's ingrained in it. It is 100%. I think maybe I could phrase it this way, and I couldn't just use the word by itself, but a lifestyle, but not your entire lifestyle. You know, it's not yes. your full identity, but it's one of those things that it's like, if you're a musician, it doesn't matter what type, where, when, how, if you make a career out of it, like if that's your thing, you're a musician. that's yeah. your thing, you know, but if it's not the thing, maybe take a healthy amount of it, which you've, you've come to that realization where there's, there's a line, there's everything in moderation when it comes to enjoyment time, the time that you there, take There's for a yourself. path that I could have went down, you know, that a lot of people do. And I know friends of mine who are really successful doing that and they're really happy where like you oh, become, yeah. you're an abatement falconer full time and they make dang good money doing it, you know? And in another lifetime, I absolutely would have done that, you know, but I found Michael and I latched onto him, you know, I hitched my, what is it? Hitch your, I hitched my horse to his cart, basically. Yeah. <laughs> the horse being me, I hitched myself to his cart and I'm rolling with the, <laughs> <laughs> I'm rolling with the Wildlife Command Center machine. Oh you man, I mean? I'm glad we've upgraded from cart, but yes. Uh... <laughs> we've upgraded to tires on a high-performance vehicle. How yes. about that? Yes. Uh, you, you, me, and Bonnie. I don't know. Or no, Bonnie and Michael, you're driving. You and me are the, are the main <laughs> tires. You and me are the main tires. And then like Bobby Holloway, because he's like the other badass salesman. And who would be next? Buddy, I mean, if you probably look at the numbers, it gets hard to say because all of our guys have been crushing crushing some sales and they all want to let you know, well, Hey, I also assisted on some of those numbers over there too. <laughs> cause no, uh, I'm sure a lot of people are saying that with Bobby's cause he's like, yeah. like I did a few years ago, he's really flaunting that number. Oh yeah. And I, I get it. Cause I did it. And when I did it, I flaunted it too, you know, but a lot of assisting. It's like going up in rank in any kind of system. As you get to your next spot up the ladder, you should celebrate, you know, you should do it respectfully, yeah. you know, which is fine. But take time to be like, yeah, look, where am I at right now? Where am you know, what kind of progress has been made? That's a good mm -hmm. thing to do to affirm, hey, you put in the work and this is fulfilling. So this is fulfilling. Good for him also letting people see that because it boosts up uh, you know, anyone that may not have as much default ambition, you know, which I know I struggle with in some areas. Sometimes ambition, it has to be built and grown within you, you know? Well, you really just got to figure out, I think, in most things, it's just about just do it, you know? Get things started, get something going, get a roof up. Yep, I feel you. Get a roof up. <laughs> in other news, crypto is crashing. <laughs> Breaking news, this just in, crypto has fallen 10%. So Chris, today. are you going to need a place to stay? Absolutely not. <laughs> now, no. So here's the way that I look at this. I don't look at it as crypto's crashing. 
uh, I'm not a seasoned investor, but a seasoned investor looks at this and says, oh, everything's on sale. Right. And so I bought up a lot of money, four figures worth of crypto today. After I saw that it was down 10%, I was busy working. And after we record this, I'm packing everything and cooking some chicken and rice for my trip. Genius idea. Make your food and then eat it on the ride so you only have to stop for bathroom and gas, right? Oh, because I'm going to uh, Idaho for the Hardcore Hawkers meet. It starts... Technically, on Monday, I am finishing up. I'm closing all of my accounts down tomorrow, shutting the doors on everything, basically, and then going over to my pastor's house for the UFC event. What? UFC 270? Freaking stoked for that. Yeah. Heavyweight title fights on the line. And then getting up, heading out bright and early Sunday morning. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. How bright and early? Yes, exactly. Depends on how late I get home. Like I, I want to be rested, you know, but I'm also excited right. to leave. So I'm pretty much going to pack everything today because I'm going to be working all day tomorrow. I'm going to take day off from the gym to go and bright and early start running and hit every single open account I have, all of them. It's a lot. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure, I'll, I'll, yeah, it's a lot. And it's not even like, you know, I'm just leaving stuff out. Like there's a lot of accounts, you know. So I'm the only person working in my territory right now of a territory that used to have two guys. Right. So shutting all the doors on all of my traps, flying my bird around four o'clock, take my ladders off, put in the truck what I need to put in. And then from there, go to my pastor's house, spend like all evening there, you know, watch the event, eat some food, maybe have a broody pop or two. And then come back home, go to sleep. My body will probably naturally wake up around six like it always does. And then by then I just load the critters up and then hit the road. Loading all the critters up. Yeah. So I would like to be on the road by seven. If I'm on the road before that, then it's a bonus. Man, you better be prepped. How's uh vehicle space going to be tight? You're going to be packed out? Are you Heck no. Dude. I'm Merlin Gang, baby. Oh, you're all tiny. Everything's tiny, tiny. boy. <laughs> I'm bringing both dogs, though. But, you know, Videl is barely bigger than Sybil, right? Yeah. And then Goten's Goten. He takes up a seat himself. So I will have his crate, like their crate, fortunately, a classic medium-sized dog crate. They can both fit in there, like at night when they sleep. I'll have Videl probably on the passenger seat. And go to in the back because he's a little, he's a little mook. Uh, Merlin on the center console, and then back behind my seat will be my bag and boots and stuff. It's a good loadout. Mm. Yeah. What's the weather going to be like for the meat? Oh, it is going to be a culture shock. It, it's not quite <laughs> as cold as you. Oh yeah. But it is low thirties for a high. I was about to say, um, honestly, whenever it started getting in like twenty eight. 26, 24. I was already oh. like, wind. This is awful. Then the real, like, six degrees tonight came that through. Crazy. And dude. I was like, I should just shut up because I'm getting colder every time I say something. 
<laughs> Every breath that leaves my body, I'm releasing. Yeah, exactly. Right? I'm releasing more of my heat. <laughs> hey, it's good. Winter will help me learn to explain things more simply so I can conserve calories for thermogenesis. Uh, Is that what it's called? Thermoregulation. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, That's so funny. That'll be good. Yeah, because I, I'm like really bundled up. I, I've got a good set of thermals. I have fuzzy lined jogging pants, joggers. And oh, really? Yeah, then 5.11s on top because it's helped like the cushion on cold things. So the thing is, is my legs, I thought about it. I always focused on jacket, gloves, hat, you know, neck gaiter. Legs are usually fine. Maybe worry about good boots and toes if you're not going to be moving around too much. You know, you're going to be standing or something. But mm-hmm. usually my legs never get cold at all. But they do get cold if they're touching something cold. And we were, you know, crawling around on ladders and, and everything else. So having like some insulation between me and some of the surfaces. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And Good so, idea. And then that, that like fuzzy was just kind of like a pad, you know, that held bonus. Yeah, it was like it was like working in rugged ski pants or something, you know. Fantastic for for that day. Didn't really help too much, but I know if I didn't have it, you know, I'd be stuck to that roof still. Freezing your butt off on top of a roof. Yeah, well, as long as the wind's not crazy, I mean, you know, 30s, that's not bad. Nah. Be having a grand time then. Yeah, I'm excited. I you know, a couple of my best friends live up there. They're hosting the meet. Alyssa and Joseph, some other friends from like SoCal, other friends from Idaho. I'm not sure. You never know exactly what the count of people is going to be until you actually get there. You know what I mean? Right. X people say they're going to show up. Half of them fall off a couple of days before. Mm, yeah, okay, make it. And then, you know, the day of, you're down to like a third, maybe. Right. Of the people who like legit said, I'm coming. So that's fine. The smaller, the more intimate, my man. True. True. Nothing wrong with that. More time, like dedicated to everybody who really wants to fly. You know, it's not going to be multiple giant caravans. Like last year we did it and I think there was like 10 people Hmm. and that was awesome. That's not bad. You know, honestly, with these kind of meets, it's really like we want to be able to facilitate a large group if there's a large group that wants to attend, if not, we're doing like kind of like a VIP kind of event, you know? And it's it like is, you said, it's going to be way more, you know, camaraderie in these hunts, knowing that like, 100%. this is the group. We're here. You know, this is us. The hardcore hawkers. We're the hardcore hawkers, bro. I made up a bunch of hats and oh, they cool. got a bunch of shirts made up. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. And Joe's an amazing chef. I'm bringing, oh, yep, that reminds me. Okay, I'm going to bring, oh, man, I am going to be low on freezer meat. Ugh. I'm bringing all my wild turkey up there that I have. Oh, yeah. generous you are. I am, yeah. So I, we're going to have like a wild turkey night, and then we're going to have like an elk night from my buddy Daniel, who my Merlin is named after, as a matter of fact, because wow. he's the one who found him. Yeah, hey. he's a cool dude. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> And then Alyssa and Joe are providing like a duck and goose night from what their Falcons have caught over the last season. So it's going to be pretty sweet. That is cool. That's cool. And he's, he's an incredible cook. Oh my gosh. 
His food is to die for. I always like tasting someone that just, you know, really knows how to work with Dude. various different types. Uh, we've got a great cook on, on our team, that Tim Cooler. He, he knows oh, how to yeah? work with some flavor, and that's for sure. Yeah, it's just a, yeah, so that's, that's always nice to have around. So, has he been working on some of the the fresher of the deer that you guys are <laughs> picking up? Dude, I'm sure he, that's uh, good meat. So I've heard. No, we we did have some fresher ones when we first first got here. The freshest mm-hmm. went the uh, endangered wolf sanctuary, but Bruh. yeah, yeah. Well, hey, it's always Get nice out of uh, here. Lend a helping hand to those. Yeah, lend them the helping possum. Wolves will eat them just fine. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. These wolves, they only get the finest. Yeah, a freaking apparently get dude, I would be so jealous of those deer, man. I would be very protective of my, you know, fresh road harvested deer. <laughs> I I know. I know. And maybe that's Not just for no damn wolves. Maybe that just comes from I learned how to how to cook as well as I need to. So once I do, maybe I'll be a little bit more, hey. It's good eating. So to, yeah, to process a fresh deer, man, that is quality protein. Especially whenever we get that um, hoist and stuff in the bay at the office. Yeah. So that's that's nice to have. That's already already a thing. It's already there. Mm-hmm. That's one thing out of the way when when the time comes for we find a fresh and dude. It should be. I mean, the rut's over, but. Should be soon. Like yeah. as cold as it is, if a deer gets smoked on the road right now, dude, it's getting frozen. You know what I mean? And oh, like yeah. that's as good. As, that's nature's refrigerator, bro. That's as good as it gets. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> uh, I, I, hey, I mean, I know that the the other guys that, like I said, they are much more apt to going and, and frying up or not frying. They they cook all kinds of stuff. They, I think one of yeah. one of the guys was saying he was going home to eat deer chili that night. So. Mm. Dude, it's something that Michael was, or apparently Cole suggested this. I wonder if Michael, like, you know, groomed his speech or his thought patterns into what? thinking this would be a good idea. You know how he does, how, how good he is at, you know, not with evil intentions, manipulating people into making them think, oh, yeah, that was my idea. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cole wants to take a road trip and eat only what they find on the side of the road. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Like, so first off, one out of every 10 things is going to be salvageable, maybe. And maybe one out of those five is going to be a skunk. <laughs> Can't eat that. Possums. No. Disgusting. Hmm. I mean, what are you left with? You're left with hmm. raccoons, maybe, still running the risk of roundworm. You got to cook the crap out of it. Deer. Maybe it's just like, I don't know. They want to lose some weight, more power to them. You want to cut off that last 10 pounds, you know, those stubborn 10 pounds they're both trying to lose. That will do the trick, bud. But if they're going to do this, we need accountability. We need live stream body cameras. uh, (laughs) I want live stream body cameras, right? this real. No turning off. No 2 a.m. trips to Walmart. None of that. Yeah, yeah. And what's that honey bun wrapper? I <laughs> <No>, see <laughs> <laughs> honey bun wrapper. Hey, 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 what is that? Honey buns, man. I used to, when I was in tech school in the Air Force, I used to, oh God, makes me gag. 
My breakfast almost every day would be a monster and a honey bun. From the vending machine. Man of culture. A man of culture. Oh, man. That was literally, you know, because they wake you up so freaking early to do PT. Then from there, you go get cleaned up in the Mm. short amount of time. And then you go to class immediately after. You have no time. So by the time you, you you march over to where your classrooms are held, all you could do is go to the vending machine because they don't feed you. Ugh, so stupid. They don't feed you. And you have to spend your hard-earned money, which is from them, I guess, but on honey buns and monster. Oh, that sounds like school, but worse. Like That, that just sounds like, you know. School, but you're actually getting yelled at. You just follow the traditional way things may go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it wouldn't be too much of a crazy transition. Like I said, sounds like, about what you would be used to, but worse. <laughs> now, like you said, now it involves your hard-earned money, and they're supplying the honey buns. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and you're still paying them for the freaking honey buns. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. Oh man. Anyway, kind of think it would be hilarious. They would definitely drop weight. They would be some skinny, hungry, freaking dudes. I feel like they would get creative though, because the hunger madness may. They drive them to do something. Maybe they will. I think they would be swerving. They would be like, okay, let's find the area of the state because it, it was involving a road trip where there's the highest population of deer. And then, you know, we just go, <laughs> they go out driving at 2 a.m. and then try to hit one because they're starving. <laughs> <laughs> we would never, oh, what, that strapped to the front of the truck? That's not to aid in anything. Oh, no. You know how they find it? They bring you along and make you drive. Oh. Because animals uh, are just magnetized to the vehicles that you're driving. I was about to say, what do you boys want, huh? My elk? <laughs> I can get it. You want an elk? Dude, you want an elk, bro? <laughs> oh, man. I can, dude, I can find exotics. You know, I can, you want sheep? <laughs> you want axis steer? <laughs> oh, man. You guys want a llama? I'll find a llama. Ostrich? Emu, even? Anything. There's a petting zoo on third. Give me 15 oh minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> there's a petting zoo down in South Fenton. For background, there's there's been a few collisions. Like five. Man, a- animals Three really... of which in my car. Oh, well. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you literally, three years in a row at Nafamit, hit a deer, and then the next year a deer, and then the next year a dog. It, yeah, it was deer, dog, then the deer, deer dead. <laughs> yeah, my car dead because, yeah, you totaled it. <laughs> yeah. Man. Oh, man. Bummer. I miss that car. I miss that stupid whistling mirror. Oh, that's right. But we fixed it at the end, didn't we? Yeah, we zip-tied a dirty rag in the little crevice. That's right, that freaking... For anybody wondering, it was a 2010 Scion XD. Don't buy it. Nope. But I'm sure by now there's like a little 3D insert you could just like, 3D printed insert you could just like clip in. Probably fixes the problem. Or they uh, fixed it in like the next year model because it was like so stupid. It was the first year of that model of car. You know what's crazy? Lakin's Jeep does the same thing on the driver's side mirror. And it's not all the time though. It's only like sporadically. As if to just mock me and remind me. 
Yeah, but how awesome. It's your car coming back to haunt me. <laughs> Haunting you, dude. Hell yes. Remember Love the time. Love you, Scion. <laughs> haunt him for as long as they have that damn Jeep. And afterwards, if you can, please. Tragic. As much as I, I do have a soft place in my heart for that car, I think out of any vehicle, if we were going to make a replica thing for, it would be the Ranger. That... We made, that was the beginning. Yeah. And so I see why it still sits as a badge of honor. It is, dude. I think it needs to be pulled into the bay and then like put up on like permanent hoists, you know? Right. Or like uh, you mount it. No, 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 dude. You like oh. drive it up vertically and mount it vertically. Right, right. That's what I was right? just thinking. Build a platform on oh. the roof and display it on top of the building like a Jeep dealership. That That's what... Uh, that's- <laughs> Okay. Too I, far? I was just talking, Rail it uh, back? Yeah, maybe a little bit too far. Maybe too far. I don't know what that uh, that roof's rated for, uh, you know, 3,000 pounds. What about a hot tub? <laughs> what about a... Hey, that was the plan. You remember that? Yeah. That was the plan. Put a freaking hot tub up there? I mean, we can still do it. Barbecue? Oh, speaking of which, of random plans, any news on the old office space? Oh, no. Shoot. Yeah, it's... Man... It's just one of those things, you know, it, it's the, the cold front. That's what we've been dealing here with on that front. I hear these plans of road trip, road kill buffets. Yeah, get out of here. Where is he right now? Do we know? I, oh, I do. I'm pretty sure he just went on a road trip, probably yes. out of necessity to take care of some of the rescues. So not sure. Some of the rescues. Yeah, you know. Oh my, another lemur got a freaking nosebleed or something. <laughs> another lemur got a nosebleed. No, you know, it's it's one of those things that animals require care. And yeah, the lemurs, they're like a family that likes to fight with each other. And they also... Fight humans in the face. Tend to have sickness just like humans. It's like having like a bunch of little kids. They all just keep getting sick. And you got to take care of them because you love them. And they're jumping on you and... Sometimes they bite. It's a wild life. In the face. In the, in the face. Well, that's why you have to wear protection. You know, helmet, gloves. Do they? Nobody does. Well, that's the thing is, remember to wear your respirator. Well, how long did it take us to start doing that? You know? Uh, eight years. Yeah. So until Andrew and Tyler got freaking <laughs> histoplasmosis. Okay, maybe I had a head start on you because Nicholas convinced me and I was like, oh, wow. So I can just... Breathe better later? Wow, this is great. You know, I suit up, buddy. Well, it also depends on on the risk risk factor, you know, what I know what we're dealing with, where I'm going. But crawling through an exactly. attic, you just know you run the risk of getting the ticklies in your throat. Fiberglass burn on your arms or something is enough if you have to really get in there, do a full inspection, and somebody just really went wild with the insulation blower. Those kind of yeah. situations... It's better to, I don't know. Some of the fiberglass really gets to me, you know, so I just try to stay safe these days. We did it the wrong way long enough. Yeah, I feel you. It makes sense. It probably probably helps you sell stuff if you're like, you know, if you yeah. bookify the attic space, you know, I'm putting on this and this and that. And then, and, and then like from there, <laughs> it helps like upsell. So, you know what I mean? Well, the thing is, is there's times where that's legitimate completely. Well, I mean, of course. Then that's usually when it happens is when it's actually legitimate. You know, for things like when I was in Kansas City, when we're dealing with bats, like I'm not putting on a show just for the sake of this or that. 
in Kansas City, I'm legitimately taking precautions, you know? And I also do that to notify and educate the customer, hey, if you get the bright idea of thinking you're just going to go up there with a broom and swoop it into a, a bucket, you know, <laughs> with a bandana tied around your, your face, don't do that. That's not safe. Because, like, if I'm doing this, that means that you would want to do this. You would want to take precautions. And so they see yeah. that it's, you know, actually something that we should be aware of, what's up there. And then, you know, not all the time is, is there some scary sight once you get in the attic. But if there is, you get up there and there's a huge pile of bat guano and you're already floating in particulates. Yeah, I don't want to end up like any of the folks that got hissed, though, you know? Yeah, that's true. But they, they were also like doing a clean out without respirators on. That is oh. highly irregular. That's just... Uh, yeah, it, it was at the same job too, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway. Uh, that's some like reality <laughs> show stuff. Like, all right, you've got to get from this end of the attic to the other. No mask, go. And then we're going to test your lungs afterwards and see if you got the sickness. Whoever coughs the least amount of blood wins the game. We're going to check back in with you in a month. And whoever doesn't have to go to the hospital wins the million dollars. Next time on Zoonotic Disease Network. (laughs) Uh, ZNN. Ooh. (laughs) Next time on ZNN. Am I right? Let's go. Man, this is good. This is good. But um, (laughs) yeah, man, I would never do a cleanup. Mostly because at that point, you know, like the level of precaution to take. It's just how things are. You know, once you realize what you're you're going into, maybe if it was one of the first few ones, maybe it was super hot. I get it. Dude, in the summer, that full face respirator is brutal. But it is brutal. But if you're legit doing a clean out, you, you got to have it. For sure. I was just talking about inspections where moving around and like the disturbing of the particulates are minimal. Minimal. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Again, like I said, depends on what you're looking at. Sometimes it's just like we have this little tiny cubby hole in the attic room. You know, that's it. You just look in. Yep, it's not over here. You know, nothing in there. That's all you can do. Break out a thermal mm-hmm. camera or something, but you're not really trotting through attic spaces. So, Oh, dude, I haven't used a thermal camera in years. Oh, yeah. Here, you know, plenty of people, especially in winter, things chewing in. Very valuable technology for this industry, that's for sure. That's right. Oh, man, you remember when, it, when Michael first got it and it was like, the thermal camera. It was. And like yeah. That was the way we sold things. Well, I mean, that's because it works so well. And it's still not something that is commonplace. You know, people see mm-hmm. it. Now, it's obviously not something that's like a foreign technology where like people are like, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. wait, what? This thing can see temperatures? In a color reading, like yeah, it doesn't completely blow people's minds, but it is like a very interesting way to see around your home and go, oh, that's why the, the hallway is always cold because there's nothing around this attic fan because, you know, things were nestled right, right up against it. And during that time, it destroyed the insulation. So bingo, bingo, you know, thermal camera can prove that in photos. In this industry, dealing with, you know, people that get a lot of damage from wildlife and end up having to deal with insurance can be very helpful because like I said, it proves that there is damage to certain things of the home. And, you know, you live in a place where things get cold, 
here. Today's temperatures weren't as bad as yesterday, but still, it's good to have all of your insulation in order. And raccoons and squirrels here, they do a number on it. They be tearing that shit up, boy. Yeah, but you over there, you're sitting there wearing flip-flops and skiing. Going to I'm resorts. literally wearing flip-flops right now. Yeah. I'm surprised you're not wearing another type of slip-on, easily put-on shoe oh. they would like to sponsor I, us. I am. <laughs> uh, I am wearing that. I just call it my version of flip-flops. I'm wearing Crocs. Guys, you want to... Now we have to build our platform to the point... Yeah, you're right. Posty got a Croc sponsorship. If if there is a company that is Croc-like, and I'm not talking just a Croc knockoff. No, I mean a type of easily removable and put-onable Crocs alternative, maybe a little more rugged. You know, I wear these on roofs. Maybe a little safer for roof work in the what summer. on earth? Yeah. It's, uh- <laughs> Can someone please recommend me? <laughs> something a little safer. I don't want uh, like Burks, Birkenstocks or anything like that. You know, I want something that's awesome. That'll still be camo. So you want a miracle. <laughs> I want a miracle. <laughs> I'm off to go buy the coolest moped I can find. <laughs> anyway. All right, man. We are just coming up on an hour. So hour with the boys. Thank you. Hour with Wild the boys. boys. That's right. I have no idea when I'm going to put this episode up, but I will figure it out. Thanks again, man. I appreciate you jumping on the mics with me. As always, it's been a pleasure. Check out our YouTube channel. That's where we've been hanging out and Instagram. So, Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Please give us a follow. Give us some awesome reviews. Have a wonderful day or night. Have a wonderful end of your January, guys. God bless. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. This is Michael Baran, aka Bare Hands Baran. Make sure you go now to Discovery Plus, download our reality TV show, Bare Hands Rescue, where we are out there every day rescuing people from wild animals. It is entertaining, it is engaging, and it is informative. Download it today and listen for our next podcast.